I'm Jeff. I am Joe. This is the Sports and Media Show, first show in 2018. It's good to be back, Joe. It is good to be back. Now, go ahead. I know you want to talk a little bit about, I think we should be the main topic today. Well, it it, (laughs) it really should. And we've talked about aspects of this before, the college football playoff, which is a four-game playoff, which, of course, is a joke. The two was really bad. Four was just a little bit better. You need to go eight teams, don't you think? Oh, I think it's without a doubt it's got to be eight teams, uh, mostly when you have a champion this year, in my opinion, Alabama, that didn't deserve to be in the four. Now, they deserve to be in the eight, oh, but they didn't sure. deserve to be in the four, and now you've got a champion who didn't deserve to be there. Now, I will give them credit. They won their two games. Oh, no, absolutely. But that's, but that's not the point. The point is that USC, UCF, and Ohio State all probably needed to be there ahead of them, and for sure UCF did. Uh, and usually I'd rather argue with you, but I know that uh, I'm not going to be. No, I, no, no, I, go I, ahead and argue. No, I, I agree. Oh, okay. I agree 100% that UCF uh, should have been in the Final Four, uh, and I can and I understand why they're calling themselves uh, national champs. Well, it continues to be a fictional championship at this point. I mean, it's or a pseudo-fictional. I mean, because yeah. if, if you're only including – the Power Five conferences. I mean, let's let's face it. They're not going to pick someone outside the Power Five. Yeah. If they would have, they would have picked UCF, who had beaten two teams that both beat Alabama. Yeah. So why would you not? Of course, they hadn't beaten Auburn at that point. Yeah. So you have a team that had beaten Memphis twice, which is a top twenty team. Um, wasn't uh, I think Navy is in Navy's their conference? Always around the top, 25, right? And they're yeah. out there as well. But this team is undefeated, and if you're not, that's why Frost left, is because he knew he was never going to have a shot. They have to have a real championship with real. If you win a conference, you get an automatic in. Because even under the old system, I was reading. I don't know if you see much about this. UCF would have been ninth under the old system. <laughs> so sense. they did not want them in. They well, absolutely re- did not want to share the wealth, the the uh, the power the, five. The power. five it, it's an unfair monopoly on college football. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It should be the top. If you want to give each of the power fives a bid, that's fine. Then take three out large, and I think one of those out large should be the best. Uh, uh, team from a conference that's not a power five that's not a power five which this year would have been ucf and then you put in the other two at large whether it's going to be a notre dame it's going to be you know oklahoma state or whatever i don't care but there's absolutely it's unbelievable that team can go undefeated do everything needed to be and not invited for a chance to win the title yeah, and, and even if they're the eight seed, Neff by the one, you got a chance. And you know, you're like you're telling you're me, saying I got, I got a, a chance, chance. right? That's, I mean, that's, that's all they wanted. Th- yeah. This team was, you know, I don't know if they would have won, but I think they had a great chance because that offense on UCF, and not only that, their defense and key points tended to be good. I, I always forget the, the defenseman's name who's who has no hand. That guy, oh, Shaquem uh, something, yeah, yeah, he's unbelievable. Griffin, he's a Tampa Shaquem. kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And and USF by the way was a good team, and they were also in in, in the plus. You know, and and. Was it 98, I think, when Tulane went undefeated? That team didn't really play as many teams. But still, in today's standards, they should have been in there. And they did win. one. They were in one of the polls. I'm trying to remember which one they got. Uh, but they got bumped all the way down to you know, the Liberty Bowl against BYU. It's like let's the little kid's table at Thanksgiving. And I'm glad UCF is, is kind of throwing this pseudo-championship in everybody's face. I yes. love it because it shows that it's unfair and the Power Five have that monopoly over them. And... Uh, it was good, and the other thing is, there's a big disdain 
right now, sports is in a very precarious situation. You've got the Patriots winning all the time. You've got people like Duke and North Carolina winning all the time. You've got Alabama winning all the time. There's going to be a point where people are just like, if the best teams or the, or the so-called traditional teams win all the time, sports loses momentum and sports loses fandom because they, they fear that it's just it's not a level playing field. And, and this year with Alabama being a given a, a ticket to the dance when they didn't win a conference or a conference championship to me, when there's only four tickets available and they got one of the four, that is just seriously. They didn't even get over. into the championship game for the SEC. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They it's, they 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 got a ticket to the dance without doing any work to get to the just dance. Just because everybody's saying, "Oh, well, you know, Saban's a genius," and he was lucky. He was absolutely lucky, you know. And and for those Alabama fans who are claiming that UCF doesn't deserve to have a national championship. Have them go back to the 1941 championship they claim, where they finished 20th in the AP poll, but they're claiming it because some football prospectus or something back then gave it to them to a team that was third in the SEC. Yeah. But it's not much different from 41. As a matter of fact, in 73 or something, they, they got the national championship in one of the polls when they had lost a game or two. Yeah, and there used to be split national championships. Sure. Like one year, what was it, Washington and Auburn or Washington and Georgia, Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech and yeah. Washington. Yeah. And, and, and you also had teams that were from Alabama teams that legitimately should have been a champion some years and Penn yep. State. But since there is no playoff system, none of this matters. You have to go to eight. Oh, absolutely. Mostly. Because what, I would, what I really would want to happen one year is I want all five power conference teams to have undefeated teams. And then what are they going to do? Can you imagine the world would come to an end as we know it in college sports if all Power Five conferences and you throw Notre Dame in there, all would be undefeated and you only had four slots at the dance. That's no. the only way it's ever going to for people to understand who are in the Power Five what it's like to be left out when you absolutely just are given a ticket to a dance you don't deserve. No, absolutely, but they, but I don't, I don't think they care at this point. But no, because they're counting all the money. They're just dividing the money up between the five conferences. But aren't you thinking that a lot more like media pressure? What was it? It was Georgia and LSU. What was it Alabama and LSU? With last time there wasn't. Yeah. And and that's the one that kicked off the four team. Yeah. Now we have two SEC teams again. I'll, I tell you what, I, I'm from the South. I, I live down there. I've seen the teams. They have some amazing football programs. But don't tell me that they're always half the best in the country. No. Yeah. Wisconsin, well, one, one, team, one lost yeah, team. Yeah. Had this, you shouldn't have to what? You should have to earn your way in. And they, Alabama didn't earn their way in. They were voted in by a committee. Yes. That's wrong. Which, which continued to put UCF as low as they could yep. to try to suppress their ability to play in this power conference. So you know what I did on your behalf, Joe? What? I didn't watch one play of the national championship game. You I, didn't? I refused to watch it. That now, is... Probably because I was an Oklahoma fan and I was sad still, <laughs> but I also I decided to take the uh, take some stance and I didn't watch it. I refused to watch it, uh, and I didn't I didn't even know who won until the next morning. So there yeah, you go. I, I almost I was disgusted by it. I was I was watching it and turning it off, and I knew at the beginning of the fourth quarter that Georgia was going to lose. You just <laughs> knew it, and um, they just choked again. I, it's the same way the Chiefs did. You know, it's like oh, it's the Chiefs. Yeah. You know what's going to go on there? But yeah, right. very very sad. I'm glad to see that the media though is picking this up and covering it a great deal. I like it, yep. except for the SEC homers. Yeah, well, like Fine a Paul Feinbaum yeah, and such. He doesn't count anymore. He's alienated himself so much that eventually he will become a character and a caricature. And oh, absolutely, you're is absolutely gonna, they're right. Really, they're going to have to be careful what they do with him in the future. Other media news as we'll switch around the big news, I guess, John Gruden is leaving Monday Night Football. Uh, Chucky is going to become the Oakland Raiders, or is the Oakland Raiders. Got a little Raiders. raise there, huh? Yeah, I got a $100 million contract. Said, uh, said in the press conference he didn't know how much he was getting made. Oh, yes, hey. he did. Please. I didn't uh, know I was getting 100 uh, mil for 10 years. Yeah, I, I thought it was like 10 bucks yeah. and a you know, so, Frito bag. You know, which, 
good for Chucky. I mean, I think he was a football coach at heart. He was pretty good at Monday Night Football. Wasn't great. He started deteriorating the last year or two. He kind of became kind of a him. Well, you saying Bob, caricature, a right? Himself. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Now, as the talk is who's going to replace him on Monday Night Football, really for this show's purpose, I think is more of the fun talk. Is you know, think a female, think? a female. Uh, you know, I've heard you know Peyton Manning's name bandied about. Uh, Manning know. would be, I think, really good. Don't you think? Yeah, but I just don't know if Manning wants to commit to it. Because I think Manning likes being Manning. You but know, it's only he, Monday night. He can do yeah. those commercials with, uh, 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 who's the country Brad singer? Paisley, Brad yeah. Paisley. Brad yeah. Paisley, the other time. So it'll be interesting. I, I look forward to that. As long as it's not somebody like you know uh, uh, Rex Ryan or somebody like that, it'll be fun. Rex Ryan is terrible. Yeah. I mean, he seems like a decent enough guy and a, and a, and a really above-average coach. But, man, he was. I just... Yeah. Every time he's on there, I'm going, what are you talking about? Yeah, so I, that, that's what, I look forward to seeing who gets that slot because that will kind of throw some dominoes uh, as, as, you, as you head towards. So. Oh, I agree. Other stuff on your mind as we talk sports and media back in 2018. Show number one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, This semester I'm teaching the sports writing class again, and we were having a discussion about ethics. And uh, and in the midst of that, we they started talking about Le, Le, not LeVar Ball. It's, oh, uh, goodness. Le, Le, uh, LiAngelo, LaMelo. And LaMelo. LiAngelo and LaMelo. That was what, it. The They're the playing r- in Lithuania. Yeah. Lithuania. Go look it up on the map, kitties. Um, well, and the thing it's is. Eastern, uh, Eastern, like the Baltics, I think, uh, of uh, east, west to, of Russia. And one sidetrack note. ESPN fires a guy like Jason Stark. Who covers Major League Baseball? One of the best baseball writers over the last twenty years. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Love the guy. I, I think he's absolutely. And so, in, but they have enough money to send somebody to watch these ball guys in Lithuania. They like Jeff Goodman. Uh, it's unreal that 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 can that you and ESPN wonders why their ratings are down. Wonders why people don't want to subscribe to them, and wonders why people get tired of them. You fired Jason Stark, but you're covering the balls in fake exhibition games in Lithuania. And none of that. It's not an exhibition game. I found out afterwards they played a junior team. These kids were 16 and 17 years old, and they're playing. And these and and their team is 18 or 19. But you're right. Why why are you getting rid of? The problem I have is. If people want to watch this, that's the nature. It's Steve Kerr the other day. I don't know if you saw what he said. Um, and it's out there online. I won't quote the whole thing. But essentially he said, with all the things that all the people at ESPN fired, like you're bringing, yeah. why are they doing this? He goes, and this isn't an indictment against ESPN. He goes, I guess that's the society in which I, we live. It's a problem right now that they're doing that. And, and my argument would be, I have no problem if you're covering the LeVar Ball. I mean, the LiAngelo and... and LaMelo and Lonzo. I'll probably learn those one of these days. <laughs> I don't even know the Kardashians' names. Um, That's a good thing. So, yeah, exactly. So, if, if they're covering that, I don't know how you feel. I don't have a problem with that. If you're also delivering some really great content along the way. But... And, and ESPN does. ESPN gives outside the lines and the 30 for 30 yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they did some I but saw some stuff but, this morning that was good content, but it's just the guys that have been, been fired, the guys they keep over the guys they've been fired, and then to cover this, which to me, it would be different if they were in a real basketball league right. overseas and playing. But this is like a made-up exhibition five-game little tour that, that the ball brand is on a logo, over the, is on the court as a logo. <laughs> all over the court. It makes no sense to me. It's not real overseas basketball. Like, And there's some really good American basketball players playing overseas. There's content. You know, you could, what happened to some of these guys, like the the Marshall Hendersons of the right. world, or that are overseas and things well, like that. Well, there's a lot of great stories because, despite all the good content ESPN has done, if you went over those days leading up to it, or even that day, their their web page was just filled with ball stuff. And it's like, okay, give me a ball story 
But don't make it out like this is the Super Bowl. Give me other wonderful stories that you might find in Outside the Lines. Or, yeah. or there's so many amazing writers, like a Jason Stark, which they got rid of. Uh, and he's, God, it's just sad that these companies, they're chasing clicks and they're chasing, chasing eyeballs. And I think that's going to hurt because... It'd be different if there was a somewhat of a, a passion for it. But talk, go ask you the next 25 of your friends if LeVar Ball is of entry, any interest to you in the sporting world. Nobody that I know likes no. the guy. They all think he's outspoken, uh, that he's hurting his children in a way, and that he's not helping his kids, and he's just kind of a like a blowhard, like I think Luke Walton called him. You know? Oh, absolutely. It's, so I don't understand the fascination with a guy like this. Now I think the kids that are pl- the kids might be fine kids. I would rather oh, see. Oh, they probably them. are good kids. I would rather see well, them. Well, not the one who stole in China. That was kind yeah. of stupid. But it's just it's crazy. So all right, enough about Lavar Ball. We well, I mean, way too but but something else about that because I, I it just is marking what's going on here, which is that. Um, we're going after those chasing those eyeballs. I think, and, and you run a radio station and, 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 and oversee a TV station. So my thought is, if you're just chasing those eyeballs and the lowest common denominator, you're not chasing the people that are more likely to immerse themselves more deeply into it that advertisers want. Is that right or wrong? Oh, you're you're you hit it head on. You're not talking about the the people that have what we call a you know expendable income that that, that go down that watch a TV or listen to a radio station for enjoyment and for some a little bit of you know relaxation or for some stimulation. You're just it's just lowest common denominator of, of the basic uh, whatever you know that, that to me that aren't going to support that entity. And I don't think anybody wants to, will support an entity that's going to talk about Lavar Ball. You know, <laughs> it just you know exclusively at exclusively, least exclusively yeah. And so, uh, and you know, even like if you, if you take it back to the John Gruden, at least John Gruden brought eyeballs to the sets on on, on Monday night. Now, did he is he great? No, but he was interesting and funny, and and you could you kind of felt like you, like he was in your living room. Oh, with you. it was intelligent. I mean, he he but knows what he's doing. Nobody is going to turn on ESPN tonight because they want to. They know Lavar Ball is going to be interviewed. I mean, it just it it, it really makes no sense. It's me. this. It's this. It was kind of funny. I was listening to on the radio the other day. Cult of Personality, Living Color, band yep. that I never knew why it didn't blow up. I mean, you, you're the music guy. I just thought they that was had so- that one great song and a couple other songs. I know there's some band friction there, but right. we won't get into it. But yeah, yeah. what do you But yeah. anyway, I mean, it, it seems like the Golden Globes were this past Sunday. Oprah Winfrey gives this beautiful speech, many believe. So suddenly, let's make her president. It's like, why is it if you're a personality that you should be president? And why, because someone's name is in the news, should we watch some people in Lithuania? Give us some people who know what's going on in government. Give me players who know how to play. Exactly. Well said. And, and, and Oprah, I don't think you know Oprah. I don't think she really wants to be president. No. I, I think she loves the attention about it. Well, yeah. But when she goes back home, she's going to say no way. And all she has to do is look at the last year under Trump and say, "Would I want to be under that scrutiny?" And there's nobody that would want to be that under that scrutiny. No. You know. So uh, yeah, we we need a. Well, we'll get onto that. <laughs> uh, NBC came out with something interesting. I don't know if you saw this, Joe. They said they will not hide. Any of the protests, if there's any protests at the Super Bowl by any players that decide they want to do something, because a lot of that now has not been shown on TV. But NBC said if some player is going to do something silly or sit or you know not sit, uh, stand for the flag or whatever or stand for the anthem, they will not uh, shy away from it. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think Roger Goodell and the NFL must be really excited about this. <laughs> um, I think what NBC pretty much did there is they pretty much are. are Asking people to now protest, don't you think? Uh, if I protest, I'm now going to be on TV in on the Super Bowl, the largest people. TV show in the United States every year. I'm surprised NBC would make that. I, I don't know why they make. <coughs> why, I, why did they make this a public I statement? I understand if they did it at the moment, 
But why go out and say, hey, guys, it's almost like they're, they're cultivating it. Yeah, they're challenging some player on one of the teams that makes it to to do it. And then they, they have a little side story during the game, I guess. I don't know. In case the game gets out of hand, they have a side story or they have some other thing to cover. Or they're trying to cover their own butts by saying, hey, if these guys want to do it, we don't want to be like the ones that are trying to hide it from you, America. Here it is. So it, that I thought was interesting. And, and I wonder how much traction this story gets because it's about NBC. So other networks may be a little bit more you know hesitant to cover it, at least in TV networks. Now, I think the newspapers may jump on this. The, oh, absolutely. The, the, the they, yeah. Because they don't have a relationship yeah. with the NFL. Exactly. Was NBC, ABC, you know, they all have one. That's that. That's fascinating yeah. why they would do that, except that perhaps we're starting to see the power in all professional sports leagues tilt more towards players than owners. Very well could be. I mean, Very well could be, yes. You're I'm right. wondering if that's what's happening right now. <laughs> so we see how that story goes on. NFL playoffs uh, started last week with some, you know, decent games, you know, but, I mean, they were close, but not real quality football. Usually this coming weekend right. is, is the is the fun weekend. Uh, but, you know, our own EIU's Tony Romo did not have his best game. He's been on a roll of doing Which really, game was he broadcasting? He was on the Bills-Jaguars game, and uh, the, okay. Tony caught a lot of heat. Just seemed That's not, not the only one I missed. Okay. Seemed to not be in on it as much. you know. And, of course, when he called that game off, Awesome, and he was—he took a little ribbon. But, you know, hey, I look at it this way. Tony's called about 18 games in his life. He's okay to have one bad one on the call. There's a lot of people went into panic mode because Tony wasn't being Tony, but was he really excited about calling a Bills-Jags game? I think he, I think he must have been because he said it was awesome. <laughs> I think for Tony, he's going, this is awesome. I'm doing a playoff game. You know, that's and great for him. I, I mean, because as we've talked about, I think he's one of the best ones out there. I like He'll get. He'll be fine. There you go. Um a couple of other other notes. I don't know what you have. The Bears got a new coach, Matt Nagy, um, and <coughs> he's hired some good assistants. So you Bears fans out there, I think their Bears are going in the right direction. Speaking of the Bears, <coughs> I love how sports. <laughs> that was my knee, by the way. <laughs> That's okay. You, if I'm bleeding now. I'll be all right. I've Go got, ahead. Joe. I've got some bandages for you. So I, I love how sports. You know, remember those commercials that says sports can only make this disgusting, and you have like yeah. a Michigan State and Ohio person making out. Only sports and sports rivalries could turn a, a, someone getting attacked and almost killed into a funny story. Down in southwest Florida, where I went to high school in Naples, a man wearing a Packers jersey let his dog out, and as he let the dog out, a brown bear was standing there and attacked him. So everybody's making out this whole thing of Packers fan attacked by bear. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, if you looked, he had like 45 or 41 stitches Holy in his cow. face. And and having been down there, bears in Florida are becoming more prevalent. They, they you rarely, you never came across a bear back then. But anyway, this guy did. And it was he was wearing, and even on the TV show, the interview, he's wearing a Packers jersey and pack. So only sports can make a near death experience into. Isn't that funny? Uh, <laughs> only Joe can find that story for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he was doing <laughs> over the break. Right. Uh, the other th- weird thing, and this will be probably one of the final things we touch on, is spring training is just right around the corner. Thank God. But there, yeah, thank God, exactly. But it, amazingly, this winter meetings, there are so many players without jobs because they want so many years on their contract and guaranteed contracts that there is some – you could feel like two or three teams right now of really good baseball teams with the players that are out there. So in the next few weeks, there's either going to be a lot of people signed or there's going to be people that are waiting on contracts. So interesting times in Major League Baseball. The Hot Stove League did not work this year. No, I think it's because this youth movement, everybody's going, hey, I'm going to revamp like the Cubs yeah. did and, you know, who else? Uh, uh, the Astros did. You know, that's the hot thing. Even the Yankees did it. The only reason yep. the Yankees 
just spending money. I was they're like two three year they're about two, a year or two ahead of their schedule there. Yeah. And uh, so everybody's going, well, why spend sixty million on this guy for five years or four years when I have a rookie maybe who can come in or I can lowball him like. Uh, Jay Bruce, I think, got three years, $39 million, which I take, yeah. you know, $13 million a year does not seem like a bad thing. But somebody, I forget he who. He wanted the, like six years at 80 or $90 million, so Right. Well, Todd Frazier, who's an yeah. excellent ball player, doesn't have a team he's on either. Mustafa, uh, Hosmer. Uh, uh, oh, Hosmer, too. Yeah, That's, so there's a you lot can put of together almost, Jarvish. I mean, there is some team. I mean, I'm telling you, you can feel the team right now with. That'd be a playoff contender. Yeah. So that's just go. amazing what what you have there. Any final comments, Joe? Over there, you, got, um, you actually have notes and stuff. I'm proud I of you. I do today. Just a couple of things, real quick. I mean, we can talk about this later. How Fangraphs, the guy in charge of Fangraphs, is now going to be one of the uh, GMs in the San Diego Padres. Yeah, I saw something about and, that. Uh, one last thing, I guess, is that the Orlando Sentinel is rolling out a pro soccer website for just Major League Soccer and American Soccer. So I don't know if that says that American Soccer is here or if they're trying to find their niche. Is everybody's trying to find their niche. I don't know how successful that's going to be. They're going to have a big dead spot next summer <laughs> or this summer when, yeah, oh when my pro soccer is not in the World Cup or American Soccer is not in the World Cup. Right, but, exactly. But you think about how many But people, you can cover Orlando yeah, City Lions yeah. and Sporting KC, but you're right. <laughs> um, but you think about how many kids play soccer in this country and right. how many different leagues and stuff. There's plenty of content with camps and, and where it's going. And I, I, I even thought there, I saw some of the NASL is trying to make a, somewhat of a comeback to. The NASL. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. That's a so there blast you go. from the that's past. That's my soccer news. <laughs> that's all I got, Joe. Sorry. You know me and soccer. <laughs> that's right. There you go. Well, it's good to be back. Happy New it Year, is. everyone. We'll be uh, we're recording these every Thursday, and we'll go from there. I'm Jeff. I am Joe. Have a great day, everybody.